Thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to just to even be alive this morning. God, you didn't have to wake us up. You didn't have to allow us to be here. But for whatever reason, you have more for us. You have more for us, not just to accomplish. It's not about accomplishing things, Lord. It's about glorifying you. The reason you allowed us to wake up this morning is so we could glorify you in what we do. And Father, we want to thank you for that. And we don't ever want to take that for granted. That this morning, Lord, as we sing this song about glorifying you, Father, that has to happen in everything that we do. The way that we speak. The way that we think. The way that we handle one another. The way that we just simply live life, Father. We all want it to be a glorification of the man who made us. The God who knows us from top to bottom. And so this morning, Lord, as we as we step in and, and get a chance to see more of your heart and more of your character, God, I pray that what we give you in return is simply just glorifying your name. And God, we need your spirit this morning. There may have been things that we have gone through this week that have been tough, unbelievably hard. And Lord, we might have had the greatest week ever. But from one side of the spectrum to the other, Lord, we let you be God. We want you to be God in our lives. We say, be Lord over it all. But it, when we come in here, Father, I pray that it's family. I pray that we can, we can just let go of that and just simply be in your presence. Because we're longing for your presence, Lord. We're longing to be with you. So this morning, God, I just, I, I just pray for more of you, Father, more of your spirit, Father, that it's not another Sunday. But Lord, we get to see more of who you are. We get to experience that. So we love you. We thank you. We don't, we don't step unless you say step. We don't move unless you say move. So Father, this morning, have your way and your will be done. We need you. Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. You can be seated. Well, welcome this morning, ladies and gentlemen. Today is, I almost said tonight, that's weird. Today is unbelievably exciting for me. I have a responsibility as a as a leader, to always cast vision, always to be out in front, always to say, hey, look, here's, here's where we're going, here's what we're doing. The Lord spoke to my dad probably 35 to 40 years ago about Jesus Christ Fellowship. And it comes straight out of Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. It talks about the fivefold, equipping the saints so that we can look just like Jesus. Obviously, I'm paraphrasing here. <laughs> so that each individual part can work properly and we can all look like Christ. See, with that being our vision, there's, there's the proper working of each individual part. That's kind of what I'm going to be opening up this Sunday, this morning with. But the other part of what you're going to hear this morning is... A little bit of vision of where the youth at ESS is going. And I just have to say to you guys, like, it's such a privilege to be able to actually see parts of this vision come to fruition. 
When you pray and you pray and you pray for people to come who have ES's DNA and they have the passion and then within hours the Lord brings somebody to your doorstep. It's it's humbling. It's unbelievably humbling. And the reason I say that is because in the 35 years ministry that my dad has had, I've heard a lot of stories. <laughs> I've heard a lot of stories. But you know what I'm excited for? I'm excited for the new stories. I'm excited for the stories that are going to happen today and happen in our future that have to do with one thing. ESS Christ Fellowship, you guys know this. As you've sat in the pews and listened to me preach, past couple of weeks you've had a chance to listen to Beck preach. Those of you who've been here for 100 years, listen to my dad. We are not about huddling up. That's not what we do. That's not why we were here or, or brought here. We're not about coming into the church and seeing what we can get from her and then going somewhere else. The Lord is about putting in you something that is gold. And that gold is not for you. That gold is so that you can go what? Change your environment. It's so you can go change a city. It's so you can go change, let's start even smaller than a city. All right, don't get overwhelmed. <laughs> you can go change your office. You can go change the hearts. You can affect and influence the hearts of your friends. So, Jesus Christ Fellowship, ladies and gentlemen, we're not here for ourselves. We're not here to huddle up. You've never heard that from me. We are all about going and winning this city. Amen? That's, hey. That's just what comes across the pulpit every single Sunday. And it's going to continue to come across the pulpit. But what's exciting about today is that you're going to hear a little bit about what our youth is doing to accomplish that. Now, I want to say this. I said this at the end of service. I'm going to say it at the beginning of this service, just because it's on me to kind of give to you guys. Jesus didn't come and hang out with the healthy people, did he? Anybody in here 100% healthy? Because if you are, teach me your ways. I'm telling you. I, I woke up this morning and things were speaking to me. All right? And they shouldn't be. <laughs> but they were. What I'm getting at here is that if we are not concerned about the lost in Fort Collins, especially the youth, then what are we doing? If we're not concerned about going and getting people who don't know Jesus, then what are we doing? Because it's not about rearranging the seats on the Titanic, because everybody's going down, right? Everybody's going to die. The question is, are you going to go to heaven, or are you going to go somewhere else? And that's real. That is real. We have crazy kids running up and down these aisles Sunday mornings, Sunday nights, like little kids crying. You guys are laughing because you're directly connected. Love it. But I look at those kids laughing, running into things, messing things up, and you know what? They're the future of this nation. They're the future of this church, of the church. Not just Eases, but every church in Fort Collins, every church in the nation, every church in the world. Are you guys with me this morning? Are you, are you trucking with me? So here's what I'm saying. If we want to go change Fort Collins, then we better be serious about going after the youth in this city. Amen? And what I want to be able to do as a leader is to vision cast for you and say, hey, look, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. Now, you're going to hear from an individual this morning, 
named Tony Hawkes. Got it right that time. <laughs> Last time I said Yaquez because I, you know the J is like a so I thought the J was a soft J. You know, it's his joke. Nobody got it. All right. Anyway, Hawkes. You're gonna hear from him if you had a chance to get a piece of him. He's very colorful. He's very out there, but in a very good way because that is who this man is, and he is so fit. Let me say this, after you hear him speak, you're going to be like, yes, he is so fit to go handle youth and to go get them. Just go get them. Um, and so you're going to hear from him kind of more of this vision. The title of today is His Plan But Our Hands. In Proverbs 16.3, talks about committing your plans to the Lord and he will, he will make your way. Jesus Christ Fellowship has been given Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. You get the fivefold to equip everybody to go look like Jesus so that we can change the world. And the proper working, the end of this scripture, uh, 11 through 16, that, that verse 16 there, let me read it for you right quick. And then I'm going to hand the mic to Beck and he's going to kind of open this whole thing up a little bit more. Verse 16 says this, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together, catch this, by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. We need our women's ministry. We need our men's ministry. We need the mercy ministry. We need the worship ministry. And we need our youth ministry. There's a bunch of other ministries I didn't, I didn't name. But the proper working of each individual part, not only is that a ministry in and of itself, but it's each person. And I'll tell you what. Yeah, I'll wait. I'll wait until, I, until you hear Tony speak um, before I continue. But the reason why I'm having Beck get up here is because Beck is still overseeing all of the youth. In this church, we have we've divided the ministries up, and the middle school, high school, and college fall under his oversight. So that's the reason why I'm having him get up and introduce Tony because Tony has come up underneath the covering of ESS. I want you to know that, um, and I'll speak to that when when Tony's done. But um, yeah, you guys, you guys with me this morning? Okay, we're gonna spend some time understanding where we're going in this area. Okay, there's a lot more that we're doing in other areas, but I think it's so important for you guys to know what the youth at ESIS is about to do. And I'm not talking about 15, 20, or 50. I'm talking about thousands of kids. Now, you may be laughing. Bring it. I've been laughed at a lot in my life. I don't care. <laughs> I'm crazy. All right? To go to, to, to be that, that type of leader who says, I want to do what no one else is doing, but I want to do it the way that the scripture is saying to do it. And I don't want to think small anymore. Amen? See these, see these seats right here? These pews? We can call them pews now. I don't have to call them chairs because we're not in a hotel anymore. These are going to be filled. And we're going to have buildings full of kids, full of people, full of families, whole families. You guys trucking with me this morning? I want you to hear what this man has to say because this is not an if. This is a when. And the Lord has given us the how and he's given us the hands and the feet to do this. 
Amen? Here we go. All right, brother. Thank you, sir. Uh, 2006, I told you a little bit of my story during the announcements. Uh, I came to the Lord in college. I was a knucklehead getting kicked out of school. And my life was transformed uh, by Alex and, and Johnny and Chaz Miles and a, Jeff Pryor and a whole crew of other people. But ultimately the Lord. And he captured my heart for the city and, and for this church. And all I wanted to do was help. So I came here, I had no job, I had no car, I've stayed in more people's basements and couches and houses just saying, man, I'm going to be crazy for Jesus. There, there's like a litter of them over there that I, I lived in their basement and kind of messed them all up. Uh, but the, the years passed by of me just wanting to serve, the area where, where service was needed in our church was in the youth ministry. 2010, I was helping Jen Ketterman, none of you know her. Some of you maybe do. I was, I was helping her out in the middle school ministry. We were in a little back room at 363. We had an Ann kid. Oh, no. And over the years, I've, I've taken over middle school, high school, college, and children's ministry. My heart has really been captured by these kids. The problem is I was willing to serve, but what was my calling? What was I made to do? battled back and forth and then one day Johnny looked at me and he said man let's just stop messing around you're a teacher I said so do I have to like go work in the public school or how does that work he said no you're you're gifting in the church is to ground people in the word it's to teach people the scripture it's to help grow their spiritual knowledge up not from pastoring and tell them all that they, that you know and all that they don't but by helping them learn how to discover for themselves I said, ah, man, that's awesome. I'm in. I want to do that. But I still think about the kids all the time. It's, it's a burden on my heart. We moved me up to the teacher role just because that was the need in the church. And we moved to the Hilton, this youth ministry that wasn't very large because I've never been very good at it. But I loved those kids a lot. Kind of started dwindling away. Man, it bothered me. Oh, every day. It bothered me. I became a coach in the high schools. I'd go give lunches to kids at the middle school level. I've been kicked out of more parking lots for doing, trying to reach kids and doing weird stuff. You know, one time I, I got to tell this story. <laughs> I said, Johnny, what, do I, what am I supposed to do? He said, you're, you're a youth minister now. You need to go get him. I said, all right, I'm going to go get him. So I go to Rocky Mountain High School early one morning. I bring a folding table from 363. I put it out, and I put Lamar's donuts out. And I'm just handing out donuts to kids as they're walking in the door. About five minutes in, security comes, knocks all my donuts over, and they're rushing me out there. And I'm like, what's going on? What's wrong here? What's, man, get off of me. I still kind of have a problem with authority. Leave me alone. The principal was walking out to see what the ruckus was because he'd heard about this giant man giving donuts to kids. And he got right in my face, and he's, Mr. Lopez was his name at the time. He goes, son, you're giving candy to kids. Do you see the problem with that? I thought, oh, man, I never even thought about that. <laughs> so for lack of trying, I wasn't all that good at ministry, but I was willing. <clears throat> and I still am today. After I moved into the teacher role and the ministry started to dwindle, I would share with with, with Alex at our staff meetings. He said, how's stuff going? I said, it's going well, but this ministry stuff is killing me, man. The, the, the youth. Well, it's not your fault, and you're in a different position now. We're just going to have to wait. Man, it just wasn't good enough. So on a Tuesday morning, I was praying for the Lord to do something in my life. 
Now you may be sitting here like, hey, I thought we were coming for a service today. Now I'm just, we're, we're vision casting. Listen, the Bible, we come on Sundays to learn from the word, correct? The Bible tells us what Jesus is doing. I'm here today to tell you what Jesus has done in my life. This is a testimony. I can testify to a prayer that was answered in a miraculous fashion by the Lord. I'm in a basement in a bank on a Tuesday morning praying in frustration that my boss doesn't think it's my fault, but I feel like it's my fault. Man, I'm responsible for these kids, and I, I, can't, I can't let this thing go. By the time I get to my car out of the basement in the bank on the Tuesday, I get this text message from an unknown number saying, hey, brother, this is Tony. We've met in the past. I'm looking for a church to disciple kids and reach a community. After I finished bawling, I called him and I was like, hey, can we meet today? Because I believe that the Lord is doing something here extraordinary. I called Alex. We had a leadership meeting later that week, a leadership retreat, kind of coveted. This is only for leadership and people that we specifically invite. I said, you don't know this guy, but can we bring him? He was like, whoa, <laughs> hold on. I'm thinking, no, man, this is, there's something incredible happening here. And I don't know, probably 2009, I'd met Tony. He'd come, he had come to 363 Jefferson trying to build a teen center in Fort Collins and wanted to use our big warehouse to do so. The problem was we were about to lose the building. We were moving out. I said, sorry, man, it just doesn't look like it's going to connect. Man, I'll, I'll hope the best for you. When you get the teen center up, let me know. I'll come volunteer. We'll be good. We parted ways. I saw him one other time with Johnny on the sidewalk right outside of Starry Night, just in passing. And then the third time we connected was him texting me out of nowhere, saying, I want to do, and in my language, I want to do streetwise in a church. Is there a place where I can come serve? And so quickly we became friends, and, and, and here we are today. Um, and I, I truly believe uh, that I had a desperate prayer for the Lord, a place I was responsible for, and that he has miraculously answered this prayer um, by providing a servant hand to this community. So what we're going to do, can we just have Tony come up and we can give him a round of applause here. This is Tony. If we can, he's going to share you a little, a little bit about himself and his family and, and, and the vision. Uh, but can we just pray for him real quick? Is that okay? Okay, why don't you help me? I like your jacket, dude. We coordinated. <laughs> don't. Stop. Stop it. No, not until I'm gone. It's flannel Fridays on a Sunday. Okay, here we go. We're in trouble. Come on. My boss is looking at me. Lord, uh, I just thank you for my brother. He moved from a person we didn't even have his name in our phone to a person we've talked about as how are we ever going to do it without him. And so, Lord, I just thank you for all the pieces and parts that have come and gone in ESS's history. Um, Lord, I pray and thank you for that each person, each, each specific part was, was an individual and they were, they were important to you and therefore important to the work. But Lord, you have, you have asked, um, you say in your word that you would you'd call people to walk in a manner worthy of their calling, that they would just do what God had asked, asked them to do. And so God, I just thank you for Tony, that he's not trying to become a senior pastor, he's not trying to become a, a famous preacher or an evangelist or a politician or an executive or anything like that. He knows that his heart is for the youth because that's what you've said about him. And so Lord, I just pray that his shoulders would be back, that his chin would be up. Lord, I thank you for him and his family. I pray that they would weave themselves into the family here at Easis, and we would become a part of theirs, and they become a part of ours, so much so that one day we won't be able to tell the difference. 
And so, Lord, we just thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Bangarang. Do you guys know what that's from? Bangarang. Where's it from? Hook? That's right, Hook. So, it is so good to be in the house of God. Can I get an amen? Amen. Now, you know, all, it's, it's so funny because when you walk into a church sometimes, you walk in and you've got the front row folks, right? You've got the middle row folks, and then you always got the back row folks, right? My wife and I have always been kind of the back row folks. You know why we sat in the back? And I'm not saying any of you guys came in to sit, sit that way, but we sat in the back because we didn't like it, we were going to book right? You sit in the back row, man, this, this is a little crazy. I'm, I'm going to get out of here, right? So that's, we, we did that a couple of times just growing up and, and living life together. But a lot of you guys don't know me from Adam. You don't know, like, who is this guy? Who is this crazy guy? Some of you, you do know me because we have uh, only been here a short time, man. What part of ESIS is for what? Has it been four months already? Wow. Time flies when you get grafted into a body of believers that opens you. They open up their arms, and their hearts to you, and, and my family to you guys. But there are some of you in here who don't know me. And so let me give you just a tidbit about me. And I want to go very small this time. And the reason why is you can ask questions later, but I really believe the Lord placed on my heart so heavy that he needs to be the centerpiece of why we're here today, the entire time. So just background about me, just, just a tidbit. I was born and raised here in Fort Collins, Colorado. I went to uh, all the grade schools, middle schools, middle school. I was a lesser Viking. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's right. Who said boo? Well, that's okay. That's right. I still love you anyways. And then, and then I went to uh, Fort Collins High School. That's right. I'm a lambkin. Yeah, right. You know, that's really intimidating when you're on the football field. Lambkin. Anyway, so... Um, I went to Fort Collins High School, and then I went to CSU. Um, and then in 93, I met my wonderful, beautiful, amazing, gorgeous bride, the love of my life. Um, her name is Veronica. Veronica's right there. Honey, if you want to just wave or stand up. You can get to know her a little bit later if you don't know her. She's an amazing woman of God. She's had to put up with me for so many years, and that's pretty stinking amazing. I have four incredible children. Um, some of them are not in here. They were first service because uh, one had to go to work. My oldest, her name is Taylor. She's 23. Uh, she married the love of her life. Actually, she didn't know that they were the love of her life until he pestered her. Enough. No, I'm just joking. Uh, my son-in-law is actually Ben. Ben was the guy that was leading worship this morning. So Ben is, is my son-in-law. Um, I have a 20-year-old daughter. Her name is Emily. Emily is in children's ministry. So if you do have a young one right now that would rather be in the children's ministry, you can take them downstairs. She's downstairs with them right now. So if you want to do that, you can. Or if they want to hang out with you, that's cool. But she's down there serving. Um, I've got a 17-year-old son. That's Noah right there. Noah probably doesn't want anybody looking at him. He's like, Dad, don't call my name. It's embarrassing. And then I have a 15-year-old son who's up in the balcony. He's going to run the slides for this real quick. His name is Levi. You'll get to know Levi because he has the biggest feet I have ever seen uh, on a child his age. I'm just saying that. He has a size, what, they're 13 shoes. I call him skis. I call him Bigfoot. But he wears these bright yellow Converse that stick out like a sore thumb. So if you guys want to tease him about his feet, that's totally go for it. I'm totally happy that you do that. He would love that, right? Right, Levi? 
No? Okay. I guess not. So don't tease Levi about his feet, but you can tease him about his feet. He's totally okay with that. Anyways, so that's just a little bit about us. If you want to get to know more about who we are, we'd love to have you at our home. If you have four-wheel drive, if you don't, we'll pick you up and we'll take you to our little tiny house up at Horsetooth Reservoir. we just love to get to know you. So I, I just love to spend some time with you guys. Anyways, Youth Ministries at Easis. We are talking about something that's near and dear to my heart, right? Check it out. Youth. They do not get a junior Holy Spirit. Woe is right. You get the same infilling that your mom and dad have. The same infilling of the power of God. Is that pretty cool? When you think about that, how awesome is that? Okay? I don't look at young people as the church of tomorrow, the next generation coming up. I look at them right now. They are the church now. It's a philosophy that God has just really downloaded into my heart, that they do not get a junior Holy Spirit. They get the same infilling that you and I have. And so the way that youth ministry is going to look here at ESS is, is no different than when I served. I served at a fairly large church in, in Colorado Springs. It was a Calvary Chapel. It was a Calvary Worship Center in Colorado Springs. I was on staff there for 10 years. Senior pastor's Al Pittman there. Um, I think we have some folks that are from Colorado Springs here, right? You guys been in Colorado Springs. Did you ever visit Calvary Worship Center while you were down there? Just thought I'd ask because it's on the west side of Colorado Springs. I served there for about 10 years. We started with about 11 kids in youth ministry. And, you know, the, the funny thing is, is I don't have, there's not a formula to grow things. People, people always ask that question, how do you grow a church? How do you grow a youth ministry? How do you grow an organization? Guys, there is no formula. Guess who brings growth to anything? Who? Who do you think it is? God, Jesus. Jesus brings growth. But you know what he always uses? He uses folks that will say yes. Yes, God, I will follow you. Do you know that sometimes God asks you to do crazy things, impossible things, sometimes big things, and you're like, wait a second, God, you don't know. I don't have the education that I need to do that. He doesn't care. Look at who he called out. Look at his disciples. Were they all educated men? No, some of them were, but a lot of them were just, they, would, they said, yes, I'll follow you. See, guys, there's nothing special about me. All I did was say yes. I'm the dumb guy that said yes to Jesus. And as I said yes, I didn't have a formula, didn't know what I was doing jumping into youth ministry, really didn't know that except for one thing. I knew that I taught the Bible line upon line, verse upon verse, precept upon precept, and I said yes to the impossible things that God asked me to do. Can I hear an amen? Amen, right? When God asks you to do the impossible, you don't wait. You just say, yes, Lord. And then you step out in faith and do that. And so I did that in Colorado Springs. 11 kids turned into 100 kids. 100 kids turned into 200, 300, 400, and, and so on and so forth. God is good. We had, we had probably about 15 to 20 interns. We had our own youth building at that point um, doing youth ministry. And we did a lot of good things in youth ministry, a lot of good stuff. Some of the things that we were able to do, we, we, we adopted a school. Uh, it was called Pike Elementary. We saw a school radically transformed because our, our young people were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they went into the school, and they were just tutors. They were the best tutors that school had ever seen. They became the best tutors. That's all we did. We tutored kids. That's it. 
in the name of Jesus. But, but we didn't say, we're tutoring these kids in the name of We just went in without an agenda. Been the hands and the feet of Jesus. Who did Jesus go to? He went to those who were sick. This community, I would say about 98% of the school was on uh, free and reduced lunches. Um, it, the apartment buildings across the way, uh, there are many times where parents are strung out on drugs. They were shooting up um, stuff. It was, it was just a rough neighborhood. And we dared to say yes to these, to these kids. Youth, our teens, went in there. Then we started doing other outreaches. We started doing um, one of the things that we did. We, uh, we did a sports camp for these kids. We actually put it on in the local park. And I think almost 100% of the school came to the sports camp. That's unheard of. The church covered the price of that. The church paid for it. Youth ministry pitched in. It was phenomenal to see the community come around it. We, were, we, were, we had professional coaches that came in. Um, and we did uh, soccer, cheerleading for the girls, and basketball for the boys. But at the end of it all, because it was in public park and, and we were youth ministry, we put it on, we, we were able to share the gospel. Guess what happened? Just take a wild guess. People got saved. By teenagers, kids your age, were talking to other kids about Jesus. It wasn't rocket science. They said yes to Jesus. And then all of a sudden, parents started coming to our church. Moms and dads started giving their lives to Christ. And so what is this youth ministry going to look like here? It's going to be not rocket science, guys. Let me kind of just read you, read to you the mission statement of the youth ministry here at ESS. It's pretty simple. To be an outreach ministry equipping young people to be soldiers for Jesus Christ through verse-by-verse -verse Bible teaching, worship, fellowship, local outreach, and global missions. Pretty simple. Verse by verse teaching, that's where it starts. Just to let you guys know, I don't water anything down when it comes to young people. I teach line upon, so if we're going to talk about a subject that talks about sex, we're going to talk about it right out of the Word of God. Now I'll let parents know what, where we're going, where we're going to be in the Word of God, but they're going to get that. I don't water it down. I want them to know God's truth. I want them to get it. I want them to understand it. And guess what? I break it down for them so they can, they can understand how we're, what it means and how to apply it, all these wonderful things but to be a soldier of Jesus Christ. What do soldiers do? What? They go to war. Guys, Jesus went where the church was really afraid to go. And that's what we're going to do as a youth ministry. There are times I took youth. I said, locally, where we went locally, we went into the roughest neighborhoods. I'm going to be honest. Why? Because I believe that's where Jesus would, would go. I was led by the Spirit of God. I'd go to my senior pastor and I'd say, Alex... Hey man, God, God, God has put Harris Elementary on my heart, and I want to adopt that school. Can we do that? Hopefully, Alex say, "Do you pray about it?" And I say, "Yeah." <laughs> and then Alex is going to say, "Go get him." And guess what? I take an army of young people in and radically transform that school. When a school gets transformed, a community gets transformed. When a community gets transformed, a city gets transformed. When a city gets transformed, guess what happens then? We, we reach out globally. I don't know about you, but I want Jesus to be heard far off. Not just here locally, but globally. And I want to use an army of young people. Why young people? Let me tell you why young people. Because they do crazy things. 
They do. Let me just tell you one really quick story about me, okay? Young person got saved at the age of 17. I came to know Jesus at the age of 17 um, here in Fort Collins. I went to this youth camp after I'd gotten, after I gave my life to the Lord, and we were doing some cliff diving. This is how stupid young people, you guys are not stupid, but what I'm saying is we do crazy stuff, right? Young people, we think we're invincible, don't we, right? Let's be real, right, guys? Right? Yeah, you, you guys know what I'm talking about. Your dad knows what I'm talking about, right? So I look at this. I don't even know what's over at this cliff. Me and my buddy, we said, okay, let's do it. And we just took off running. We didn't see what was over the cliff yet. We just knew that there was water. And we didn't even go look. Yeah, what? I said the same thing. But we took off running full speed, and we just jumped. You see, young people don't have fear. They just go. They just do. I think so many times we, we become stuck in our ways in the church. Guess what happens? God tells you to do something impossible. You're like, hmm, I don't know. I've been hurt. I've been this. I've been that. I've been beat up by the world. We just don't. Young people, they don't have that experience. That's why I love young people. They will follow you to do crazy things. Youth ministry in ESS starts with discipleship. So the way that that looks as a middle school student can disciple a grade school student, okay? They can literally, those middle school students that go over there to do tutoring, and then after they become friends with those kids, and they get invited to their homes because it happens, then discipleship happens. They can disciple, but they, they're discipling kids. You get it? They don't get a junior Holy Spirit. We've lost this art of discipleship. It's just right in the Word of God, right? Then, High school students will disciple middle school students. So a middle school student will disciple, I mean, a high school student will disciple a middle school student. And then guess what? We got the college age, right? Yes, college students, they do for fun. It all depends where they're at. They'll tell you they shoot guns. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Long story. But no, you, you, um, they're, they're, they're always looking to do something. They're busy. But they also stay up crazy hours. Like, I'm getting up there in age, guys. I still got a lot of energy, but it's great to have college students who can go off of two hours of sleep, hanging out with middle school students who don't sleep at all, right? They're discipling middle school students. So it's this trickle-down effect. That is what, in essence, what ESIS is going to look like. And then I also believe that as the youth ministry starts to grow and as we start to just, there, there's these, all these different, uh, as a pastor, my role is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry, right? So I find out where you're geared, what you're geared for, where's your gifts, where's your talents, where's your abilities, and then I set you loose in those things. And one of those things, hopefully, will be this work called the hangar. Now, what is the hangar? Well, it is a ministry, after we were on staff at, at um, Calvary Worship Center for 10 years, uh, God had put this in my heart for well over 20 years to do. I was able to do aspects of it, but not in it, it's an entirety. And so one of the questions I had to answer, one of the questions that I had to see was why, or answer was, why are young people leaving the church by the droves? Why are they leaving by the droves? And then the other question I had to ask is, why are they staying away by the droves? Why? So I used to go to youth pastor's conferences, teach at youth pastor conferences. Youth pastors would come to me and say, how do you grow your ministry? How do you do this? How do you do that? But they never wanted to talk about this one subject that I would always bring up and is, why are they leaving? Here's why. I'm going to tell you the why <laughs> they're leaving. Number one, it's not um, 
they see hypocrisy within the church. They'll tell you that Christians are hypocrites, mainly their parents. And then they will tell you that it's, it's not relevant for today. Now, I'm not saying we've got to make the word relevant. we just got to teach the word. Teach it. I didn't, I'm not an entertainer. I'm not here to entertain young people. I'm here to equip them to be soldiers for Jesus Christ. If I give you orders to go do something and you're a soldier for Christ, you're going to say, yes, sir. You can go out and do those things because you're going to be hearing from God. We're going to get that from, from the Lord. So, so young people, because it's not relevant, because parents are hypocrites, and then the last thing is, is they just don't, they didn't believe Jesus has says who he says he was. They didn't have a faith of their own. Okay? So as I walked the city and I asked young people, what they did for fun, they would just flat out tell you they drank alcohol, they had sex, and they smoked a lot of pot. Those are the top three. They did drugs of some sort. And then the fourth thing that they did, they tell you they, they love to hang out with their friends. Young people are very tribal in nature. They just love to hang out with their friends. Have you ever had a young person that would rather ha hang out with their friends than mom and dad at home? I'm not sure if that ever happened in your house, but I'll tell you, growing up, sometimes my, my kids, well, actually, I don't know. Our kids actually like to hang out with us and their friends, but there, there are times, there were times they wanted to hang out with their friends. And so when I, as a responsible adult, what God downloaded in my heart to do, we said yes to this thing called the Hangar Teen Center. Hangar like airplane hangar, H-A-N-G-A-R. And so I talked to my senior pastor about it, said, God, God's asking me to do this. He said, are you sure you want to do this? You're doing it in 2008. You're not going to get a paycheck. And it's crazy right now. Are you sure? And I said, yes. So we went to the southern tip of, of uh, Colorado Springs. Do you guys know where Widefield is? So we were in Widefield, Fountain, and Colorado Springs. And we went to start this work called The Hangar. Now, if you guys look up at the screen, um, I'm going to give you the mission statement of The Hangar. So you can... See what that is. I think that's about us. Nope. Do you have it up there, son? You rock. Our mission statement is this. To provide a safe, to provide a positive and safe environment in which young people can find life purpose, develop life skills, and to pursue life goals that will enable them to reach their full potential and positively impact their world. Well, how are we going to do this? With God's army. You see, young people, are talking about young people leaving the church by the droves, the, the way that they stay by the droves is this. If they are engaged with being the hands and the feet of Jesus, if they have a faith of their own. I believe in student-led ministries. If you guys can close your eyes for just one second. Just, just entertain me for one second. Close your eyes. Imagine this place filled with young people, ages 11 to 18. They could even be younger than that, believe it or not, because they don't get a junior Holy Spirit. And they're the ones that are running the slides. They're the ones that are greeting at the door. They're the ones that have got here early and they've taken out the trash and they've cleaned the toilets in Jesus' name. Because you can clean toilets in Jesus' name. I did it this morning. Okay? I'm serious. You can. Young people. A beehive of activity of young people. Service unto the Lord because they are no longer bound to this world, but they're bound to Jesus and they're doing it in Jesus' name. You see, there is life transformation, and you take those young people and anybody else who wants to follow, and this becomes a community outreach to the community. You see, because we would, my daughter said this last service, she said, Dad, you forgot to talk about this. I'm going to talk about it just real quick. 
She goes, I invited my friends hundreds of times to church and they never came. We had one of the biggest youth ministries and it was a culture. Cool it was just cool. Whatever, however that, that, whatever that means. Okay, I don't know what that means. They would never come to church. But when she said, would you, would you guys come to the hangar? They're like, what's that? Well, the hangar in and of itself, when you walked in, and you can, you'll be able to see some slides here pretty soon. If you go back to the, the front page, Levi, uh, the very first one, our homepage, I'm going to show you a video. But, but when, you, when you walk into the hangar, um, there was a 1,500 square foot dance floor. Okay? It was like a nightclub for teens. We had a live DJ. We played their type of music. You know, and I'd jump on a dance floor, and I'd be break... Yeah, I would be break dancing. My wife said, you'd be breaking your back. There were times that I was sore, but I'll tell you what. I met kids right where they were at. The music that they listened to. They weren't walking into church. Sometimes when a young person walks into church, they have to get all cleaned up. We expect... I'm not saying all y'all do this, but I know... We all, we all kind of do this sometimes. We expect that that person that walks through that door knows what we're talking about. We expect that they, kn that they know how they need to act or be, or, or there's like this, this weight on them of, oh my gosh, am I doing things right? Am I, do you know what I mean? Have you ever felt uncomfortable in a place before? Young people come to the hangar, and for the very first time, they realize that somebody speaks their language. You know, Josh McDowell says, truth without relationships equals rejection. The very truth of God, without that bridge that is built, there's no way that we can, we can share the love of God with that individual. But I'll tell you what, when I've, when I've seen, what would you feel like if two teenage young boys or young ladies came in to the hangar or even to the church? Let's say they came into the church and they were holding hands together and they were a couple. What's the church going to think about that? Well, we know what the word says, don't we? We're really legalistic really fast, don't we? We start prejudging people really quick, don't we? See, in the hangar, we had, we had young girls that came in, mainly girls, sometimes guys, that had an identity crisis. They were holding hands. Sometimes you'd see them kiss. Now, my job wasn't there to babysit these young people, but to love them right where they were at. We had all of our volunteers were trained. Remember, there's a training ground. It starts here, right? All those soldiers for Jesus Christ, they were discipled to learn how to disciple in this environment, to not prejudge, not to look at them that way. But guess what we get to do? We get to talk to them about real life issues. And as conversations would start with these young kids, by the time they'd been there for a month or so, you would see radical life change. I always used to get the question, when do you stop to preach? Well, there's a sermon going on in that corner. There's one in that corner. The concessions area, we called it confessions, concessions. We had, we, had a, we had an area where there was pizza, a whole bunch of junk food. I'll just name it that way. I don't need to go down the list. And then you go back into our interactive gaming center. We had about 15 to 20 flat screen TVs on the wall. And the teenagers were going head to head in their PS4s, uh, the whole nine. That sounded like fun, huh? You're like, whoo, interactive Wii Center, all that. But there were people in there. People were in there talking about Jesus with these young people. And then you get to see their lives radically changed. Can I get an amen? Let me share with you really quick the philosophy of the hangar. Just so you know the philosophy, if I can get there. I think this is so important, and it encapsulates, it's a big word. Where did that come from? It must come from God, because I didn't know I had that kind of vocabulary in me. 
encapsulates the essence of what the hangar is. So the hangar, this ministry wants to go places in ministry where people are afraid to go. To go to that questionable place, if necessary, in order to integrate effectively and present the reality of Jesus Christ within people's real worlds. The hangar's philosophy of ministry is designed to minister to young people who are multidimensional and totally different to today's generation of adults. You see, we are not designed to draw a picture of Jesus, as thousands of ministries do already, but to draw a picture of life and then explain how Jesus is real within that reality. You see, through our philosophy of ministry, young people feel for once there is somebody who understands our realities and are not afraid to talk about it. People may say that this sounds quite secular, and there are already many organizations that are very secular in the, in the way that they reach people. Should a Christian ministry not do something more edifying? Well, if we were called to encourage Christians, this would be true. But the hangar is called to present the truth and the person of God to all people. Let me ask this question. How many of us, or how many of the many secular organizations around us integrate God's truth into their secular programs, and how many Christian organizations or ministries really connect with secular people? And then the question arises, how do you define secular? Are we not all living in the same world? Did Jesus not live his life surrounded by secular people, bringing God's truth into, into their secular environments? You see, the church is often unaware of these realities because young people feel they don't understand and therefore don't talk to the church. You see, in the hangar, we embrace the responsibility of addressing these issues and meeting with these young people. We believe God wants to meet people in their uncensored world, and that is and always has been a place where reality was more important than religion. You see, Jesus often found himself amongst people who were unrefined, who partook in sinful practices, and who were rejected by the church. And he never started out by teaching them about legal issues. You see, the uniqueness of the broken and the lost person of the 21st century is what makes ministry so challenging. You see, guys, we're all unique. And God wants to minister to us uniquely. The hangar's focus is on this unique group of young people who feels that nobody understands. That is the philosophy of the hangar. Now, in your bulletin, there's going to be a web page that you guys can go to and see. We do live by three R's there. It's called Recreation, Retrofitting, and Releasing. And when you jump on there, you can see more information about the hangar. But I believe words are important because they are. But I think pictures speak, speak so loudly. And Levi, I want to go to the first page, please our homepage, because on the website you can see what the hangar could look like, renderings of it, the facility. We've done this work before in Colorado Springs, and we were laughed at when, when I said we were going to reach thousands of people, thousands of young people. I remember when we walked in, and we walked into this big warehouse, and it was, it was a wreck. <laughs> it was a wreck. And I said, one day this place is going to be filled with thousands of young people that will hear about Jesus Christ. I remember people laughing at me, but I'll never forget the day we did our grand opening of our second facility, and there was literally a line to get in around the building. I think our opening night, we had 600-plus teens at our facility at one time on a Friday night, and it grew from there. But the one I want you to do, Levi, is the one that says casualties of war. God wants me to show that one. You guys can get on the webpage, and you can look at all the other videos. You can look at what we've done. But this is where we're going to go.
But I want you to see why we're doing what we're doing. This is why. Look at this video. This was put on, this was produced by young people, by the way, the whole thing. Let's give Tony a round of applause there. Man, thank you so much for just communicating that and communicating it very clearly. I really appreciate that. Um, you know, I don't want you to leave here without getting some word, getting, getting uh, the word of God spoken to you. And I just want to make sure that we really understand the seriousness of this um, in the sense that uh, before I jump to that let me just say this this vision I kind of opened up with this was downloaded into my pop some 35 40 years ago this is not new this is not new information this is not like this has never happened before there are people in this town, because I grew up here and have spent 30 plus years here, where I'll go into a place and they'll say, oh, you're Johnny Square's son. I grew up in his ministry way back in the day. They had a thousand kids between high school, uh, college, and middle school. Still weird for me to call it middle school. I got junior high. Junior high, high school, and college. They had a thousand plus individuals. And to this day, I still hear about it. 
because that ministry was so um, influential. See, I don't understand why every church in Fort Collins is not doing this. Simply saying, let me change the life of an individual through living life with them. I'm not going to throw all of these programs at them. I'm not going to throw all these classes at them. No, what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, come as you are, and I'm going to show you what it means to follow Jesus just by living with somebody. It is that simple. It's that simple. And I just want to make sure that we understand and we know that this isn't Tony doing his thing and then ESS is kind of just putting our stamp of approval on it. Nope. If you picked up on some of the things that he said, adopting a school, that's in the ministry plan. That's something that was written 25 years ago. Getting out into the community in so many various ways. I mean, how many times have you heard us speak about, look, we got to go out and do that. <laughs> just get out there. Um, the mission statement, affecting these kids' lives through discipleship, that is in our ministry plan. What the Lord did is he heard Beck and I's prayer. Beck was crying out, saying, look, <laughs> Lord, help me. <laughs> and I love it how quick the Lord works and brought this individual with this passion in him, okay? Tony is not our savior. Let's get that straight. But he is the hands and feet. He, he, he's been given a, a vision that is up underneath and coincides directly with Jesus Christ Fellowship. And that is the Lord's doing. We didn't seek him out. The Lord said, look, I'm going to plop this guy down right here. So again, I don't want you to get anything misunderstood. The only reason that I've allowed Tony to get up here this morning is because I've met with him. My pop has met with him. Rick has met with him. Beck, same thing. The fivefold. And we have said yes to this because we believe that it is straight out of Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. But what I want to do is I want to take you to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 3. And we watched that the, the casualties of war video right there. And there's some statistics on that that are pretty sobering. If you get a chance to go on the website that is in your bulletin, click on that again if you couldn't, if you couldn't read it. We, sorry about the, uh, we apologize for the audio um, that you couldn't hear it. But if you go to 2 Timothy chapter 3, it talks about difficult times will come. It's talking about the end days. All right? <laughs> are we not in difficult times right now, a.k.a. this past election? Like everything that is homosexual is being co-signed and it's okay. We got kids uh, having kids at, you know, single digits. It's just, it's, it's getting worse. This is why this is so important to me. And I want to communicate that to you uh, this morning through this verse or through these, these scriptures. And I'm just going to start reading in chapter one, uh, excuse me, chapter three, verse one. And it says this, but realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, uh, 
haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Now here's one that is very sobering. Holding on to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. Basically saying this, I'm a Christian, but I don't believe in the power of God. I love Jesus, but I don't walk that way. That's exactly what this is saying. So what I'm trying to pull out of scripture here is that this has no place in the church. And when I say the church, I'm talking about the people. There's some things in there that, hey, I think that I will probably have to put my name next to because I'm human. And you know what? As I look at each one of you guys sitting here, you are as well. We have this stuff in us. But what I'm concerned about is what this church does and communicates to the community. If we do not communicate Jesus from start to finish, then that's n we won't get that coming out on the other side of the factory. Does that make sense? Let me, let me continue reading in here because I want to get to verse 13. Um, holding on to a form of godliness, although they have, been de they have denied its power. It says, avoid such men as these. Now, skip down here to verse 10. It says, now you followed my teachings, conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, perseverance, persecutions, and suffering, such, uh, such as happened to me at Antioch and Iconium and Lystra. What persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord uh, rescued me. Now, verse 12, indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. But check this next part out. It says, but evil men and imposters will proceed from bad to worse. Bad to worse. We are living in a society right now, ladies and gentlemen, that is going from bad to worse. It's real. It's very, very real. What I want to be able to communicate to you about what ESS is doing about that is what you just got done hearing. That when you go out into your community and you strike up a conversation with somebody and all of a sudden it, it gets to a place where you're talking about the youth, you can now say, hey, look, my church is going after the youth. And we're not going after them, kind of just saying, hey, we'll come to youth group. We'll talk about this cool guy named Jesus. We'll play some games and then we'll send you home to deal with uh, an abusive parent, an alcoholic home, and you yourself falling into that stuff. I want to talk about the real things. You guys hear what I'm saying? But I don't... Huh, let me back up a little bit. When we opened up the book of Nehemiah, I stood in front of you guys and I made an appeal. Some of you were there for that. Some of you weren't. But I said... I tried the best I could to look at every single one of you guys and say, hey, look, help me build this thing. Because I cannot do it on my own. I'm, I'm not the only one who can be passionate about this. That for me, it's not just about the youth. It's about every ministry at ESS Christ Fellowship. But the way Nehemiah got this wall built in 52 days, he said, all I need each family to do is build right in front of their house. That's it. That is all I need you to do is just do what God has asked you to do. But 
I need you to be passionate about it. I need you to step into it. Are you guys trucking with me this morning? Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. If you read through that, you will be able to connect everything that Tony was saying to that scripture, to that passage. And I read verse 16 for you before he got up here. But I feel the need to read the whole thing to you. And I'm, gonna, I'm just going to do that as we kind of close this this morning. It says this, he says, and he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, and some as pastors, and some as teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ until we attain to the unity of the faith of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Jesus Christ. Now I love that it says as a result, that it's going somewhere, that it has a purpose. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming, by speaking the truth in love. We grow up, we grow up, we grow up in all aspects into him. Who is the head, even Christ? And then here's verse 16, which I love so much. From whom the whole body, being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. The proper working of each individual part. I said this already, I'm going to say it again. Each one of you in here has a piece to give. Each one of you in here has a brick to lay. And it's important. And I want to be able to communicate to you guys this morning how important this is. Every single one of those youth, I don't know why I always point to the right, like if all the youth is just on this side of the city. <laughs> I want them all. Every single one of them. And I will be crazy enough to say that. And if you think I'm crazy, amen. Okay, at the end of the day, I don't answer. This is going to sound real bad. I don't answer to you. I answer to the Lord. I still love you, though. I just want to let you know that. I'm responsible for every ministry that happens here, every single one of them. And I want to go get all the women, all the men, all the homeless, all the children, everyone that needs to get fed, missions, worship. I mean, I'll be that crazy leader. Who will step outside of the box according to scripture? Don't get me wrong. <laughs> ain't, ain't nobody getting outside of Genesis to Revelation. So uh, it's okay. You can relax. But why not? Why not hundreds? Why not thousands? Why not more than what was seen 40 years ago or what was seen in Colorado Springs? Because he asked us to do it. You guys with me this morning? Amen. Um, let's bring our worship team back up and let's get prepared for our offering. Last thing. If you could turn to Proverbs 6, 22. Oop. Oh, 
told him, uh, I, said, I said it backwards. Proverbs 22, verse 6. My uh, motivation for this, ladies and gentlemen, is not to be the best church in Fort Collins with the biggest youth ministry, and everyone can say, hey, great job, Alex, for doing what you're doing. I could care less about that narrative. Oh, my goodness. But I want people to say, what are they doing over there? Because people's lives, children's lives are changing, and they're... they're receiving Christ. They're, they're, they're getting changed. There's transformation, and it's lasting. It's not because of some cool game that we played that one night. Kids are getting brought up out of homosexual tendencies, drugs, premarital sex. Let's go down the list. But Proverbs 22, 6 says this. It says, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. See, this is not just for now. This is not just for five years from now. This is for the 10, the 15, the 20. Here I am 30 years past what my pop did, and I'm still hearing about it. Because our youth will decide. Uh, I think Beck gave me this um, statistics, and you can say yes or no if I'm right. Our youth will decide the next nine presidents, now eight presidents. Man, that's something else. Let's get him saved. How about that? <laughs> Sounds like a good plan to me. I don't know about you guys. But we're, we're going after it. So I'll say this again. Let's have the um, offering come up here. I'll say this again. This isn't an if. This is a when. This is a how. This is the Lord saying, I'm going to use you guys to do it. So, Father, we, uh, we just want to bless the, the offering, Lord. We just pray that you would uh, allow us to give joyfully, Father, and just um, we see it as an opportunity to glorify you, to worship you. And so what gets given today, Lord, we know that it's all yours anyway, and we just want to give it right back to you. So we just we love, you, we love you, and we thank you for what you're doing this morning, and, and just pray that you would bless this offering in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys can go ahead and pass that. Thank you so much. I'm going to, as that's going by, I'm going to make another pretty potent and upfront appeal to you guys this morning. Because I know some of you, I'm getting to know all of you. Some of you I haven't had a chance to meet with. Some of you I've grown up with. But just like I said some months ago, I can't, I can't do this by myself. The Lord's asked me to take over here. And therefore, I'm responsible for the sheep. <laughs> it's overwhelming. But when he says, look, I'm going to do it through you, that uh, level of overwhelming, whatever you want to call it, comes down. But I don't know if you guys remember, maybe six, five, six weeks ago, preaching a message on, why is it that we come in the church and we say, what can this place do for me? Instead of saying, how can I serve here? I really want you guys to not only be excited about what's going on with Jesus Christ Fellowship's youth, but to ask yourself, how is it 
that the Lord is asking me to step in and serve at ESS Christ Fellowship so that we can allow this vision to come to fruition. I, I, I need you to do that. I need you to do it. I've, I've asked that question to some people on an individual level, and I'll tell you what, I've gotten packets of like ideas back. It's, it's so great. I love it because you people are responding, and I love that. But he's, he's created you to glorify him through serving the way that he's asking you to serve. There is nothing that has filled me up more in my life than giving to something. And then seeing that thing look just like Jesus because I gave my part. I'm asking you this morning to just give your part and ask the Lord, what is that? And he'll give you all the directions and packet of information that I'll probably get in an email or something. Send it. But I want you to know this morning how important you are and how much I need your help to go win the city of Fort Collins. And get these kids, I'm telling you, get these kids off this whatever it is. I mean, you name it, get them off of that and onto Jesus. I'm trying real hard not to lose it right now because I'm trying to close the service, right? <laughs> so let's, let's stand to our feet. As we close, uh, we'll sing this. Let's sing this, and then I'll give you the benediction after that. I've come to worship. I've come to lift up your name. For you deserve this. Life laid down like the one that you gave. I have but one voice, one heart and one sacrifice, so won't you take this, lovely down and be glorified. belongs to you let songs and children rise you silence all your foes you set your glory in the sky Praise belongs to you. Creation's calling out for the King to be revealed. O King of heaven, come down. King of heaven, come down. Father, we, uh, there's nothing we can do separate from you. And Lord, we, we know that. So there's, there's, there's times where we try to operate that way, and it's just it's messy. We get in the way. 
And Lord, there's so many different excuses that we could come up with to saying we don't have time. It's too hard. There's too many kids. There's too many people. I can't get to everybody. And you're not saying that. That narrative doesn't come from you. Lord, you just saying to us, all I need you to be, son, all I need you to be, daughter, is just willing to let me speak to you and then let me use you. Because it's through you that my kingdom will come. You are my hands, you are my feet. Father, we thank you for that illustration this morning, that picture, that understanding from Genesis to Revelation that we don't have to do this on our own. But Lord, you have given us each other. You've given us the Spirit. You've given us the Word. You've given us you. And you've given us each other. And so Father, I pray that you would continue to cultivate that family atmosphere in this church. And when I look to the left and I look to the right, I know that person has my back because I know they're praying for me. And it's not just words. Father, make it real for us this morning. pray Proverbs 16 3 that a man may know his ways but the Lord plans his steps commit your plans to the Lord and he will guide your path Lord today we commit our plans to you and say guide our steps no matter what it is so Lord we love you we thank you there is no God like you we glorify your name Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, you guys.